Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to episode number two of the Fresh Brains podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Scott, and with me, as always, is Brian. Say hello, Brian. Hello, Brian. I mean, everyone, how are you? So uh, what's new, Brian? Anything Anything fun happened this week? Seen any new horror movies? Anything Anything good? No, nothing, nothing really new. Um, but really looking to see a new horror movie tonight. Been thinking about it for the past couple of days. Yeah, I, um, I, oh, I know that you haven't been excited about this movie for the past couple of days because I think I just mentioned it maybe this morning. I, I don't remember when. I, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of how I roll. I was talking to some other people I know about, like, oh, like how far in advance do you schedule? And it's like, well. I don't know, a few hours maybe, because the thing with me is that I'm going to be, you know, I work on impulse and I'll, I'll have an idea in my head. And then the day before we record, I'll be like, Oh, I'm in the mood to see whatever. And so I'll, I'll change, you know, this about me. Um, so yeah, yeah we're, we're so not planning well, too far in advance. Well, the surprise is part of the fun of it for me. So, <laughs> well, that's yeah, good. Cause that means I think we I work well. <laughs> I think I indeed either learned I think it was today, actually. I think it was early today. You told me. Yeah. So. Um, so I have actually seen something new um, since we recorded last. Um, I went to the theater and saw the movie Barbarian, um, which unfortunately I can't talk about at all. <laughs> um, so I, I learned about this because. Actually, last week I was a guest host on the podcast, um, The Midnight Drive-In. Um, if anybody is not familiar with that show, you should go check it out. They're they're great. Uh, it's run by a few friends of mine. Um, but yeah, I was a guest host on that uh, earlier this week. And uh, Brian from that show, uh, different Brian, Brian? <laughs> different Brian than you. Don't don't get confused. Um, was talking about that he went to the theater and saw this new movie that's out called barbarian. And he kind of said the same thing that I just did. He's like, I can't talk about it because it would completely spoil it. But he said he loved it and it was definitely worth seeing. And I took his advice and went and saw it earlier this week. Um, and, and yeah, I'd say the same thing. Like, I know this isn't the movie that we're here to talk about, but damn it, it was a good movie. Um, I'm not going to spoil it. If anybody's interested, like just don't, don't look anything up, just go in fresh. Um, like the, the trailer even doesn't tell you much. Like it, it, it kind of implies that the, 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 the setup or the story is um, this girl goes to check into an Airbnb. Um, it's like the middle of the night, it's pouring down rain. She gets there and the lockbox that's supposed to have the key in it doesn't have the key. Uh, she calls the booking company. They don't answer. And then she notices a light on in the house and there's somebody in the house. And when she talks to him, it's this guy who claims like that he also booked that Airbnb. Um, and, you know, it's like, oh, OK, so it seems like the house got double booked because they use different booking agencies or whatever. But it's kind of set up as this tension between like. Is it actually double booked? Is it totally innocent? Is this guy a creep who's setting the whole thing up? 
and the trailer kind of implies like, oh, it turns into this like hostage situation type movie. And all I can say is that's not the movie. <laughs> like that's, I, I it, it's so hard to talk about without spoiling. And so I'll, I'll be very careful, but like, there's, yeah, I think I want to see it. There's so much more to it than that. And the movie takes some twists and turns that you will never predict. I promise you, you're going to watch this movie and at least two or three times go, what the fuck just happened? Um, <laughs> and at, at a certain point, you'll do the same thing that I did, which is just kind of say like, okay, all bets are off. I have no clue what's going to happen. So I'm, you got my 15 bucks. I'm strapped in. I'm just going to ride this out and see what goes or see where it goes. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a great experience. I think it's best as a theater experience. So if it's still playing around you, don't wait until it hits video. I would recommend the theater just because of how the lighting and the um, cinematography worked. I just think a dark theater is just going to work better, but um, yeah, just go in, shut your phone off and just enjoy the ride. Wow, that's a pretty good promotion, Scott. Um, I should get so paid, shouldn't I? You, you should get paid. Um, but you've definitely convinced me to go see it. Uh, I think I'll definitely try and go see it maybe this weekend even. But a couple of questions. Uh, so it's probably a horror movie since you're recommending it. Definitely a horror um, movie. Is it safe to bring, like, the friends who may or may not be into horror movies? I don't expect non-horror fans are going to enjoy this. Okay. Gotcha. Cool. I think that's pretty much what I need to know. My girlfriend's not a horror fan. And if I say I'm going to go to the movies, she's definitely going to want to come with me. So. Yeah, it gets a little intense at a couple of scenes. I would say maybe not for the normies. Okay. All right. Non-normie horror movie. Cool. So. So what are we watching today? Yeah, that we, we are not watching Barbarian tonight. So that was my own little rant there. <laughs> um, no, we're going the exact opposite route. We're going for uh, just all out fun tonight. We're going to watch Child's Play. And Child's Play is maybe Chucky related. It, it, it is. Good job. Yes. Um, okay. Now, I, I know you've seen at least one Chucky movie because we watched it together. Uh, yep. That was Child's Play 2. Okay. Um, probably a year or two ago, I think we watched that one. Um, yeah, yeah that the, kind, of, kind of nuts. Silly nuts. Yeah, and the, and the franchise, it's, it's kind of gone up and down um, in terms of its silliness, camp, whatever. Um this first one was definitely making every attempt to be a, a legit horror movie. Um, this came out in 1988. And I think where the franchise went from here is that like by this time in eighties horror uh, slashers had kind of run their course. Um, there were still a lot of slasher sequels being made, but it's like, by 88, people were kind of like, okay, we're, we're over this a little 
bit. So the first Child's Play came out, it was trying to be legit. And I, and I would, we'll, we'll get your impression afterward, but I, I think it succeeds as being a legitimate, scary horror movie. Um, but I think that the directors and the, the people in charge pretty quickly realized that if they're going to keep this franchise going, that serious vibe just isn't really going to work. Um, people are just not taking these kinds of movies seriously anymore. So two and three kind of walked a fine line between horror and comedy. By the time they get to four, which was Bride of Chucky, they just said, let's just have fun with it. Um, and it really wasn't until the sixth one came out. And I want to say two thousand and seven. Um, What's the time span here? Of, of all the movies? Yeah. So when did Child's Play come out? The first one was 88. Um, Child's Play 2 was 90. Child's Play 3 was 91. Uh, Bride of Chucky. I can't remember. Early 90s. Seed of Chucky was after that a little bit later. And then there was a big long break until... 2013 which is when it kind of came back um and that was their attempt to be like let's make it scary again because the seed of chucky especially was just complete you know over the top comedy and camp um so yeah they've made two since 2013 that were trying to go back to to legit horror um oh wow and but yeah, it's, I mean, full disclosure, I think it might maybe even be my favorite franchise in horror. Um, I just absolutely love all the Child's Play movies. I mean, I think especially later when Chucky really gets into Chucky form is just the best. Um, Chucky so, form. <laughs> yeah, he, he kind of has his own personality that, that develops as the franchise goes on. And um when he's in full Chucky mode, it's just, there's nothing better. Um, so we'll start with the first one as, as we go through this show. I mean, there's no doubt that we'll, we'll dig into some more of them because you, I can't do a horror podcast without talking about, you know, probably all of the child's play movies, because that's just what I, who I am. Um, but <laughs> did you just call yourself childish? Scott? <laughs> uh, no, but my wife does a lot. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I think we'll, we'll, we'll kind of start at the beginning and then let, let that digest for a while. And then, uh, I don't know, in a few months, come back and, and, and enjoy some more. Yeah, but, sounds uh, good. But uh, yeah, I guess it's, so it's, it's more than a quarter. This, this franchise was, has been going for more than a quarter century from uh, the dates you gave. That's yeah, pretty impressive. A little, little over 30 years. Yeah. Wow. Cool. So. Yeah, and it, you know it's it's not as old as you know the Friday the Thirteenth and the Nightmare on Elm Streets. So those started earlier in the eighties, but um, it was it was definitely writing that popularity. Um, it was writing that heyday of when those types of movies were popular. Um, and I one hundred percent have memories of being a kid and walking into video rental stores and seeing uh, there was this big cardboard cutout for Child's Play Two. Uh, which, you know, that was 1990. But the the poster art for that, it's got Chucky standing behind this jack-in-the-box with this gigantic pair of scissors, and he's about to decapitate the jack-in-the-box. And 
there was this cardboard cutout that was as tall as me, you know, just kind of like three dimensional because there's different layers to the cardboard. And like the image of that was just burned into my eight year old brain. And I just always thought Chucky was like the coolest thing from that point on. And, you know, little did I know that I'd grow up to talk about him on the radio. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And the internet too. Yeah. Internet radio. Same thing. So, all right. Well, uh, any last minute questions you have about what this movie is going to be before we jump in, or you just want to go in totally fresh? Yeah. So I guess I know a little bit about Chucky, right. From the, 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 I guess child's play two that we watched, but, um, yeah, I'm kind of interested to see if this movie is like a legitimate scary slasher. So yeah. Uh, if not, I guess we'll have to uh, chuck it to nostalgia. <laughs> yeah, I'm horrible. Sorry. Uh, yeah, no, no way we're forgiving you. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to take a pause here, watch the movie. Um, I should also throw out there, we didn't say this last week, but I, th- I think it's kind of implied. Every episode of this show, we're going to just spoil the living crap out of these movies. Um there's, there's really no way to get a fresh perspective on it without spoiling it. So we'll take our little intermission here. We're going to go watch the movie. I'd recommend if you have not seen 1988's Child Play and are interested in seeing it before it's spoiled, pause the show, go watch it yourself. But um, yeah, when we be when we come back, we're, we're, we're going full on spoilers. So with that, I'll see you guys in just a minute. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. So I think that I'm glad that we're doing this podcast remotely instead of in person because I want to get your unbiased opinion. And I think if you were able to see the giant smile on my face right now, that might (laughs) sway your opinion. (laughs) (laughs) yeah well uh so i wouldn't say that movie was really scary uh maybe in part because i sort of knew chucky was gonna come alive but uh it it was pretty great honestly i thought that movie maybe it's just because i i tend to like sort of corny movies but that movie was pretty awesome it starts off with like a crazy guy running into a, you know, like a Toys R Us kind of store. And then he starts spouting out some, you know, Latin as he's about to die. And he sends his soul into a doll and a lightning bolt comes and, you know, lights the, it makes the toy, toy store explode. I mean, so that's all like the first three minutes. 
Yeah, and it legitimately had some creepy scenes. I think um, I think you mentioned something about this last time. Uh, you know the like makeup effects when when you're showing blood and, and kind of gore, even though this movie wasn't really gory. And you know, I think you're not using sort of computer graphics. I think it's just sort of creepier, especially with puppets. Like the Chuck oh, yeah. movement was super creepy all the time it was always creepy and gross yeah for sure and i mean i i don't think there's too many horror fans that would argue with this but you know practical effects are are almost always better um so the cg is fine i mean it's got its place i think there are certain things that you just physically can't do with practical effects but maybe you could even argue that a little bit but yeah if you can do practical especially if you can do practical well there's just no comparison um you know and and as we get further into the show and i start introducing you to names like you know tom savini and um you know things like that it's just you you'll start to appreciate it even more um the effects in this one are, are great. Um, I think as the franchise goes along, it goes downhill a little bit, but I mean, the, the way that Chucky moves, um, and then, yeah, just the way he looks as the movie progresses and he gets more and more beat up. I mean, he's got the, he's got the cigarette burn on his cheek, you know, for the entire final third of the movie. Then, yeah, he ends up just getting melted. I mean, it's, it's the stuff of nightmares there at the end. Um, you know, he looks like a character that would be in the returning of the living dead, not, you know, a movie about a doll, but yeah, it's phenomenal. Yeah. Ugh, it was pretty creepy. And, and there were still some scenes where even that was, I thought one of the things I really liked about this movie, even though you sort of know what's going to happen, right. The scene where the, the, the mom is sort of, you know, talking to him and then she lifts up the box and the batteries fall out of the box right even though you you knew what was going to happen there was something about the way they did that that still made it like aha she's got proof and then you know that chuck is going to get her and then they just sort of play with you as to when and how and and she like you know he escapes and he rolls under the couch at one point right and she's peering under the couch oh that scene was still creepy even though you knew what was going to happen yeah and and you know the movie too it's hard to put yourself in 1988 shoes um but i mean at the time they didn't know whether the doll was actually going to come to life i mean we do now because i don't think there's a person alive who doesn't know who chucky is um and you know you, you made a joke at one point like when i think the cop said like oh don't worry he's dead and it's like well no he's not because we know that there's still six more movies and a t- tv <laughs> show um right but it's, it's like decades right we know who chucky is we know that it's a killer doll that you know has been around for like you said 30 years so we know that the doll is alive, but the movie does a good job of playing it to where 
it's never really clear. And and I think that a 1988 audience, um, I'll admit, I did not see this in 1988. You know, my parents did not take six-year-old me to the theater to watch this. But the, I, I do believe that somebody at that time could very easily think, well, maybe it's just the kid. Maybe the kid's a psycho and is actually uh, doing this, you know, that, that dismisses the whole Charles Lee Ray thing. So I don't think that argument would go too far, but you don't see Chucky talk. You don't see Chucky animate or when he does, he still uses the good guy voice and he still just says the simple, you know, hi, I'm Chucky. Want to play? You know, so they do kind of keep stringing you along for, for a long time. And it's, it's not kind of until the end that it's a full on reveal that, Oh yeah, it's Charles E. Ray in there for sure. <laughs> yeah, and they they sort of go off. They sort of, I mean, a lot of the movie I thought was kind of humorous, right? I think Chucky, the the character is pretty humorous. I think towards the end where he's he's beat up and he's sitting in the elevator, and the 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 old woman sort of looks at him and says, "Ugly doll." And after they walk away, you just hear him go, "Fuck you." Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, so, and I mean, not to make this episode about the franchise, because I'd, I'd rather keep it, you know, kind of focused on just this episode, but that's that's where the franchise goes, and it's what makes me love it so much. Uh, I, I'll always love this particular film, and I, and I think that when I look at the entire seven movie franchise and the TV show, there's really not a bad one in the mix. Um, there's a couple that are definitely the weakest, um, but I'd, I'd happily put any one of them on any night of the week. But I do think that this one is one of two that I would hold up as one of the best. And it's because it does still stick to that horror route. That being said, the directors and you know everybody involved kind of knew that it was ridiculous that this is a doll coming to life and trying to kill people. So they play on the, the humor of that. Now, <laughs> where it really, really starts to take over, especially in part two, is the frustration that Brad Dourif has, you know, as Chucky in the fact that he's stuck in this body. Um, you know, you, you got that a little bit when he was visiting the, the voodoo priest and saying, like, how do I get out of this? What do I do? And, you know, at first, the priest kind of tells him, like, you don't. You're this. You're stuck like this. And he gets that just like pissed off, you know, attitude like, you know, what the fuck do you mean I'm stuck like this? But kind of as the series progresses, it becomes more and more that he kind of loses his window to get out. and for a, he, he kind of goes through a transition for a while. He's just this pissed off doll that, you know, is just so frustrated with his situation and watching him in those moments where he just completely loses his shit is the, some of the funniest stuff you'll ever see on screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I think I found myself wondering, what did you say? The, uh, the guy who plays Chucky, what's his name? Brad Dourif is the actor. I just imagine Dourif sort of like 
off like off screen or offset, like just laughing maniacally, like or screaming, like in the scene where they put him in the fire and he's just like, ah, he's just screaming and screaming and screaming. That must have been nuts. Yeah, and and he's he's what makes this franchise so great. I mean, he's he's played Chucky all the way through, uh, still plays Chucky in the TV show. Um, and it's just, it's one of those arguments kind of like, you know, the Nightmare on Elm Street and Robert England or, you know, any of those other really known characters. It's like, could you do Chucky without, without Brad Dourif? And I do have an episode planned for this in the future, but, you know, Child's Play was remade, uh, last year. I want to say. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I forget exactly what year it was. It was sometime during COVID. I, I want to say it was 2020, but I I might be remembering that wrong. Um, but no, it was 2019. Sorry. Um, so yeah, 2019, Child's Play got remade, and it took a very different turn on the whole thing um, and got rid of Brad Dourif. And I think there's kind of a debate for whether that was a smart move or not. Um, because, you know. He's awesome. Right. And he he made that character. So there's. Anyway, again, not to not to get on to other movies in the franchise like this is you know, let's talk about Child's Play. But your your point stands that Brad Dourif just he made that character into something that's a believable doll, you know, a believable killer. Whereas <laughs> I think anybody else would have just been, you know, delivered lines, but not necessarily been able to personify a serial killer trapped in the body of a child's plaything. Yeah. He was really nuts. I, I think, I think I'm trying to wrap my head around so in the very beginning of the movie, I'm trying to wrap my head around sort of why I think something, but in, in the very beginning of the movie, you know, Dorothy just sort of lays out this sort of voodoo ritual, right? And we have no idea, you know, why someone who's, I guess, the strangler knows this, you know, ritual or could cast a spell on a doll. And then they, I'm wondering, you know, for like, I guess the first half of the movie almost, you know, are they going to explain that ever? They don't really need to, but are they? And then, you know, Chucky starts doing some crazy shit. And eventually he goes back to the guy who showed him the stuff, right? And I think they didn't explain how how he got in touch with this guy. But you see his basement, I think, already at that point. And, you know, it's super weird and creepy and trippy. And... Something about the way that Chucky had been acting and sort of just being sort of crazy and like a prankster almost, it it made it so that by the time you meet the person who's taught him all this stuff, you don't even question, oh, yeah, of course that guy has reached out and, you know, he's learned some voodoo stuff. I, I don't yeah. know. It yeah, that's worked a, at that point. That's a good point because I think that 80s movies walked this fine line between trying to be serious, but then also having just some ridiculous concepts in there. And the fact that 
if you were to describe this to somebody and maybe you'll go do this tomorrow at work, I don't know. And you talk about like, yeah, it's this, it's about this serial killer who performs a voodoo ritual and ends up in a doll. Um, but, or if you just described the fact that there's a scene where he goes to a voodoo priest's apartment, like, why is there a voodoo priest in the middle of this movie? And <laughs> on its own, that would be ridiculous and would feel very out of place and would probably pull you out of the movie. But you you raise a really good point that the fact that they kind of – they walked you into that in a very believable way to where then when it does happen, you're right. You're just kind of like, oh, yeah, this fits. <laughs> <laughs> like it, like oh yeah, he's he's this crazy person. Of course, he would be dabbling in voodoo. Totally not surprised. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I don't I don't quite know how they did it, but yeah, it really did just sort of fit. Well, and I like that they don't go into a lot of backstory with Charles Lee Ray. Like, yeah, he's the he's the strangler. Um, he obviously had a partner, you know, because his his partner gets killed pretty early on in the movie um and then yeah there's the the priest that he works for or he he went to for for help but beyond that that's kind of it like there's you don't really know who he is what he was doing like what else is involved and i think for this movie that works well um you, you learn more, you learn much more as, as the franchise goes on. Um, but at least for this point, keep it simple. He's he's a bad guy. He ends up in the hands of an innocent child, and that's not going to end well. Yeah, and it, I, although I guess it sort of ended as, as well as it could have. But, uh... I mean, if you call the guys or the kid getting framed for pushing a woman out of a window and <laughs> their apartment getting lit on fire and you know, that that mysterious fire that somehow put itself out I, I never understood that one because chucky comes out of the fireplace smoldering running around rolling on the floor <laughs> you see the couch ignite and then they kind of just go to take care of the cop and nobody's concerned about that um there is a scene there at the end when like they're they're looking at the hallway and it's when the partner shows up and he like maybe it's when the partner shows up as as or no or it's when the mom like blows chucky into all the different pieces you can see the other room off to the left the living room yeah and there's a glow like in there like that room's on fire like <laughs> <laughs> really there was more smoke coming out of the toaster in the first scene when Andy was making breakfast than there was when a 80s couch is smoldering. Yeah, right. But did you notice, speaking of the toast, the toast is totally charcoal, right? The kid pushes pushes the button, the toast pops up, and he just grabs the two pieces of toast. Yeah, yeah. Like, toast is hot. I burned myself on it a couple of times. Maybe I'm just a wimp, but that bothered me, I guess. Yeah, the the police partner also picked up a you know melted plastic doll head and <laughs> didn't really think anything of it either. <laughs> I guess he was just. I was trying to make some sort of a pun out of that about him being like cold blooded or something, but it didn't really work. I just don't think they had physics, you know, at the front of their brain when they made 
made a movie about a killer doll. Yeah, who says fuck you to old lady? <laughs> 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 Do you think they scripted that? Like, I don't know. You know, I I don't know. You know, for for as much as I love this franchise, I really haven't dug into too much of the trivia, but I, I'm sure there's a lot of great stuff on back, you know, in the background. Um, yeah, they they must have had a ton of fun making this movie, and I guess they, all the rest of them. I would guess that line has to have been scripted because otherwise, why would they put that lady in there? I mean, oh her, yeah, I guess that's true. Her and her husband have ten seconds of screen time, and it's just to be in the elevator with Chucky. Like, there's. <laughs> That had to have been scripted. Man, that's kind of funny though. So those people were they were they were cast just to get told fuck off by a, yeah. a possessed toy. <laughs> Pretty much. Interesting. Um, and yeah, we can talk about or I should I should ask your opinion. You know, what do you think of Alex Vincent, who played Andy Barclay? Um, oh, that that kid is adorable. He's unbelievably cute. He's, I don't think I've ever seen a, cu- a kid that cute. Or at least no, no, no child actor comes to mind as that adorable. Yeah, I give him a lot of credit because I think, you know, ki- kid actors just drive me nuts. Uh, rarely do you find one who's not just, you know, the most atrocious thing ever and who pulls you straight out of the movie. But in this case, I mean, he does a good job. I mean, there's, there's a couple lines that he delivers that seem kind of fake. Um, there's one scene in the, uh, psychiatrist's like operating room when he's, he's kind of walking backwards, you know, trying to get away from Chucky and stumbles over two of the pieces of equipment. And you can tell the actors like, he's like, I'm, I'm about to hit the thing. I know it's here. So he's kind of like walking backwards, anticipating, you know, little stuff like that but he does the fall well and just i don't know it was just impressive to watch this movie and think like this kid doesn't annoy me like he's believable as a six-year-old so i I don't know if that's actually how a six-year-old would react if their birthday present just came to life and tried to murder them but i think he delivered the lines perfectly well and i think he you know acted fine you know he he never pulled me out of the movie i should say yeah i i was also thinking of the psychiatrists or whatever the doctor's office scene i thought you know he's he did a really good job of backing into stuff too i i think i noticed that too i think maybe you're right at the wall he sort of slowed down but yeah and he did it with a scalpel on his hand which I, mm-hmm. so man why why did the kid's room look like a little jail cell? Did you notice that? <laughs> like it's it had, because it had bars on the door. It was part of this period where in the 80s um mental institutions were not good places. Like I'm not speaking from personal experience. I've never been in one. But there was definitely a period in my life where the whole concept of mental health and how mental health is treated, like, took a very big turn for the better. And, you know, before a certain period, it was 
very much a these people are crazy we're gonna put them in straight jackets lock them up you know kind of protect them for their own good but it was these every time you see a movie or tv show where there's a, a mental hospital portrayed it's a creepy scary horrible place where people were treated like prisoners then they kind of changed that and said like actually no let's let's be humane <laughs> and Again, I don't know or remember what year or around when that happened, but I'm guessing it was after 1988. <laughs> because, wow. I mean, you also see the way the doctor was portrayed. Like, he didn't listen to Andy. He didn't try to, like, understand Andy. Andy, a kid who doesn't have a key to his room, somehow gets out of his room and is running for his life. The doctor doesn't go, hey, let's sit and talk about this. He's like, all right, you'll be fine as he tries to wrestle him and sedate him. Like, it's the least compassionate bedside manner you could possibly have. But that's how psychiatrists were portrayed in the in films, you know, back then. Yeah. Yeah, that scene actually was was pretty creepy, I think, in part because, as you say, the, the way the doctor's acting, right? Like, the doctor... It's like struggling with this little kid to inject him with this giant syringe. And again, even though I think in that scene, you, know, you have a pretty good idea of what's what's going to happen. You know, Chucky's going to come get the doctor or whatever. But it was still pretty creepy just because the, you know, you didn't want the kid to get injected. And um, I guess sort of a, a another side note, I was I was thinking when I watched that scene, like if Chucky had actually just waited for the doctor exactly him, that would have been it yeah yeah that was that was a, a perfect example of a moment that well we need this movie to run to its you know 90 minutes so he needs to go stab the doctor in the leg with the scalpel but yeah chucky should have just stopped let him sedate him bam <laughs> problem solved <laughs> yeah right although it sort of does fit with like the dothers the 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 Chucky character, right? He's you know he's he's not gonna wait. He's gonna get lost in the moment. I think so. Well, and you also would then run into the problem of okay, you perform the ritual. Well, now Chucky is trapped in the body of a six year old who's locked in an asylum and sedated. Like, is that really better? You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's yeah, I don't true. think Chucky planned all this out. Like once he realized that he needs the kid's body because well the the kid that you're about to possess you just got done spending an hour framing for multiple murders like what <laughs> god can you imagine someone just coming into this podcast like right here <laughs> <laughs> ah, i've said worse <laughs> oh man so yeah the movie had a budget of 9 million um and worldwide grossed 44 million. So, holy crap! That's definitely incredible. definitely made its money back. Um, IMDb says it made 6.5 million opening weekend. So, almost made its money back. You know, you know it's its first weekend. So, you're definitely going to get a sequel. Um, and we did just uh, what did I say? Two years later. So. Wow. You know, that's that's like 490% gross. 
Yeah. So it, it made its money. They they said we'll green light you. Go ahead and do it again. And uh, yeah, we had some of the same cast come back. Um, Andy Barclay, you know, was still played by Alex Vincent in part two, um, and Brad Dourif, of course, comes back to reprise the role of Chucky. I believe that's it in terms of um, technical, although Don Mancini, who was the um, you know creator of kind of the whole thing, he, he wrote the, the the screenplay for the original. He also came back and he wrote. I think he's written all of them now that I say that. Wow, that's yeah. pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, I'm still sort of blown away that this this has lasted like 30 years and they're still making remakes in 2019. Well, they made the they did the remake in 2019 and there's also, I don't know if you know about this, but there's um a Chucky TV show on right now. Um it's on right now? No, I have no idea. Yeah, season 2 premieres in October sometime. Um and when it was created, you know, my my first instinct was that it was probably going to be pretty terrible. I, I just can't imagine that this would translate to TV all that well. Um, but then I did some research on it and yeah, it's, it's all the original, um, you know, pe- people were involved. Um, the, let me see, let me look it up real quick. Yeah. Don Mancini still, you know, is credited um, for, for being involved with it. But um, essentially what they decided to do was after the seventh film, they said, instead of us making an eighth movie, we're just going to take our ideas for what an eighth movie would be and split it out over eight episodes and make it a TV show instead. So they're considering season one of the show kind of the eighth film. Um, And yeah, I, I, I've, I own season one and have watched it. And yeah, it very, very much fits with, with the movie franchise. So. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, I think early when I was growing up, I sort of saw some previews for these and I, I don't know, I didn't, maybe my tastes were different back then or something, but I never really thought to take a look at them, but man, I'm glad you introduced me to them. This one in particular, I thought this was, this was a really it, it's definitely going to, it deserves to, it deserves a place on the shelf. And I have a whole bunch of people who I also don't think I've seen it, but I'm going to make, make them watch this. So I, I, I'm glad to hear that. And I do have plans, you know, I think later in the show, we'll probably, we're, we won't dig through the whole franchise. I, I wouldn't imagine, but um, I've got a couple highlights that I want to pull out here and there. Um, I think Bride of Chucky would be a great one to watch because th- that's the first time that they really go just like full on comedy with it. So I'd be curious to see your impressions as to whether or not that was effective. Um, I'd like to do curse of Chucky, which is kind of then their version of going back to horror to see if that, that worked. Um, And then I think the remake would be worth looking at at a certain point because a lot of what works in this movie and, and what, I would why I really wanted to do it for this show was there's no doubt that some of the concepts here are outdated. Um, The idea of, you know, a voodoo ritual, 
um, the idea of a battery operated doll that, you know, kids would carry around like this. This isn't really modern anymore. Um, <laughs> you know, in 88, it was definitely playing on the idea of Cabbage Patch Kids and my buddy. Um, it was 100 percent relatable. It, it So when they made the remake, they really kind of modernized a lot of the technology and the concepts to make it more fit with times, because I don't think teenagers or kids today are sitting down to watch 1988's child's play and relating to it in any way that's going to scare them. Um, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't so, even know if they would recognize those giant D cells as batteries. <laughs> maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've had to buy D cells once in the last five years, so there's not too common. Yeah. I don't even think most flashlights take D cells anymore. Right. I, I don't know. It's I, been a while. I doubt it. I think almost everything's rechargeable or double or triple A's, but yeah. C's and D's. That just uh, shows how old I am. <laughs> so, you know, I think one of the things I'm sort of enjoying about the show is I sort of get a lot of these, I guess I'm looking forward to learning about the sort of the history of movies, right? And so was was this like the first evil doll movie? Were there oh, any no. other evil doll movies? Oh, no. by Not even by far. Oh, really? Uh, let's Charles Band was famous for making a lot of um, doll and puppet type movies. I'm trying to remember the years of a lot of those. Um, the Puppet Master franchise, that actually started in 89. Um there's another movie just called Dolls that was um, 86. Um, so that was a couple years before this. The other one that's coming to mind was, I guess you could argue this kind of fits, but there's a movie called Trilogy of Terror from... That's such a good name, though. <laughs> somewhere in the mid-70s, but it's about a... Um, it's it's an anthology film. There's, there's three different stories in it. Three three or four different stories in it. I forget. Um, but there's in one of them, there, there's a story about this little um, tribal doll um, that comes to life. So no, the idea of, you know, toys or dolls coming to life is this did not create that. No. Okay. Yeah, it was good though. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Glad to hear that. So, all right. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up our episode for today. Um, you know, I, I do want to go ahead and throw out all of our, our normal plugs. You know, if you're just kind of discovering our show for the first time now, you've obviously found it. But I would encourage you to get out there and uh, follow us on social media. We are on um, Instagram and Facebook, both as Fresh Brains Podcast love to hear from you we got groups there you know try to post as much as possible uh we encourage you to, to join along and jump into the conversation um also we have an email address where if you have a suggestion or an idea for a show that you'd love us to to cover you know something that you think brian just has to see uh give us an email or give us a shout out over email at um freshbrainspodcast at gmail.com um so yeah we're, we're, we're out there we're on the social media um we are also on iTunes where you can find us there. Uh, we I would really encourage you and request that if you 
have a free minute, jump over to iTunes and give us a rating or review. Really just kind of helps our show get get discovered and found, especially in these kind of early episodes. Um, and then finally, I would say that uh, you should also go check out the Geek Nerdery website, which is kind of the podcast network that we're a part of. Uh, the show I mentioned earlier in the sh- in the episode, um, Midnight Drive-In, they're over there. Uh, there's a couple other podcasts there as well, that, but it's just a really great kind of place to get all your information all in one place. Um, easy links to all of our shows and episodes are, are over there as well. So, um, yeah, that's my my shameless way to plug all of our you know information. Um, but on that note, and, and just to make sure that people know that it's not – all about us. Um, I was going to throw a shout out to another podcast that I actually just recently discovered um, this week. Um, you know, I've been listening to podcasts for damn near 15, 16 years. And, you know, after a while, kind of all of the horror podcasts kind of all start to sound the same and was looking for something new and different today or earlier this week and uh, discovered one that's called the Scary Crit Podcast. It's you know, scary and then C R I T. Um, you can find them on uh, Instagram. They're on uh, iTunes as well. Um, but yeah, uh, they they just do a, a fantastic job of just kind of breaking down some podcasts. They've got a really interesting perspective. Uh, yeah, I just all in all, I, I highly recommend it. So if you're looking for a new show, head on over to iTunes and check out Scary Crit. No, oh, cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm happy with the download so far. It does look like people are, are starting to find it, which is good. You know, so our name is getting out there and um, hopefully people are enjoying it and we'll spread the word and help yeah, us get I'm more episodes. It. It's it's our excuse to sit down and watch the movies together. And um, as far as I'm concerned, there's no end in sight. Mm-hmm.